head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 245 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. The Pod God. Joined today for a little bit of an earlier podcast with my, my boy... Shawnee boy. Graham McDonald. Shawnee boy, yeah. You're not the only one to call me Shawnee boy. That was very weird, wasn't it? Because I, uh, if people don't know, when I was interviewing Conor McGregor, he was like, well, Shawnee boy, and I didn't take any notice did of you it. Ever stop, did you ever stop talking about that, do you? Yeah. Well, you were the one who brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? And I, I didn't, like, I didn't even recognise it. Did you say, what do you call you? I was like, Shawnee boy, yeah. Someone was saying you should get Shawnee boy t-shirts printed up and what was the other one um uh you're it's baloney sean that would just be a very Bologna. appropriate <laughs> would just be a very appropriate t-shirt to uh to bring up for me anyway but sure look at these things i was actually thinking about like, were you licking your lips when he was talking about baloney yeah it was great wasn't it, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I was like, mm. did you ever get the um, spam i spam i feel like spam used to be nice but then i got it like, but like what happened disgusting. was like basically like hotmail or whoever originally put it as spam as like bad emails just like ruined the reputation of this oh, i never even thought of that but that's a fair point isn't it isn't i think funny? in some places some countries it's like nearly a delicacy it's like yeah it is yeah i think is it japan or somewhere i remember um mm, top gear top gear were somewhere and they're like they like googled it and it said spam was a delicacy in Germany. Well, that could be just their Jeremy Clarkson taking a piss as well. But I feel like that's where both of us got it from, possibly. But I don't know. Yeah. Sp- Do you ever get like them? Um, it's not spam, but it's like it's like uh, ham circles in uh, in Tesco. Yeah, it's going, like oh, it's like yeah, it's sick. Lovely. It's like in in America, sometimes with, with breakfast, they're trying to give you like a fucking piece of spam looking ham. Yeah, that's like, a, no they are, they're weird now. Yeah, right. but they're not just like big ones in Tesco. You can get them; they're lovely. I'll take a picture of them the next time and like tweet them out. But anyway. I, this was a very odd actual <laughs> podcast. Where do we go? We Welcome got to the MMA have. podcast. Welcome to the MMA podcast. Yeah, but you're looking. Uh, anyway, it's a deadline day today. We're, we're recording this on Friday. I won't be out until. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man United got Bruno Fernandez. What yeah. do you think? What's your, or what's your thoughts on his abilities? I'm happy enough. He seems to be a, a creative guy who scores goals and assists and things. And I know we've had that before with Nigatarian yeah. and things, but. Looking at his um his uh YouTube <laughs> clips, mm-hmm. he, he he like at the start of the clip, he he's looking very good, and then a lot of deflected shots and kind of lucky things happening. But you you try to know because whoever's editing that must cut it up board after a few minutes of yeah. picking out the best stuff, and you need you really need to take a look at him. But it's a uh, it's a difficult side to come into, so you know he'll need to be good. Uh, they need to be good to shine in there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Anything's an upgrade in Jesse Lingard, <laughs> realistically. So, like, he, I genuinely believe, like, Lee Grant stuck at number 10 would be better for Man United than Jesse Lingard. He's that bad. <laughs> anyway. We must, we actually get Ollie must, back in. Uh, get Ollie back in. <laughs> yeah, Ollie's doing all right. We uh, must actually do... Now get him uh, back in on the pitch, I mean. On the pitch, yeah. We could Player it. manager. Isn't it funny? How he was interviewed there the other day, and we'll get off the soccer now in a second. He was, uh, someone was asked him, like, about the FA Cup, you know, should you keep the FA Cup going, you know, with Liverpool basically pulling out of it and everything. And he was like, 
Cup. I love the FA Cup. I used to get, be able to play in the games. You kind of forget that he was a sub for most of his career at Man United, wouldn't you? It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like he's he's a bit of a Divock Origi, except uh, yeah, better. Yeah, he, well, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, uh, in a lot of ways, Oscar like won it all, but kind of won it all, like you know, in limited minutes. And I don't know yeah. if that feels the same as. You know, Roy Keane even said, like, you know, he didn't, yeah. didn't really consider that he won a Champions League because he didn't play in the final. Yeah, but Solskjaer came and scored the winning goal. Like, <laughs> fairness no, I know, yeah, I know, I know. But for, like, you know, for whatever, say he say he won, how many leagues did he win? Five, five six. or six, probably, yeah. Something like that, yeah. So maybe he won six, but maybe in, in two or three of those seasons he got, you know, two hours of play in the in the whole thing maybe maybe it's different to him I don't know some some of these guys you think they got people always talk about oh, I wouldn't be happy to sit on the bench but like if you look at like a Liverpool now or a City a couple of years ago like to be on that bench and to get minutes and to win all these trophies mm-hmm. players, is it as satisfying I don't know but those players are absolutely crucial as well like they're a huge part yeah. of it so. like, some of them are like but some of them some of them aren't like you know some goalkeeper for example this season for Liverpool okay he played like 10 games or something mm-hmm. but usually you might not play a minute yeah. Or you might play a couple of games in the cup and maybe one game in the league mm-hmm. when the keeper gets sent off or something and yeah. that's it. And Same do you really consider like, oh, oh, I could achieve my goals. I won the Premier League or I won the Champions League. I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting. I suppose, yeah, but I suppose that's, that's what it, uh, and like, it's kind of like we can tie this into MMA because like, yeah. you know, teams like Man City, like you win the league a couple of times, get all these points and then it's hard to be as motivated and as hungry and like somebody like John Jones mm-hmm. who's who's like you know been at the top since it's been so easy for him like he's been what well, he went in against Shogun and finished him easily when he was what 21 or something Jones yeah, was he 22 or 23 I think wasn't it? yeah it was around that yeah time. so it's all it's all been very easy for him he's like you know as he said the Daniel Cormier oh, I was on the I was out in the coke and partying and mm-hmm. still beat you up on the on the Saturday like um so maybe like you know with the game evolving so quickly as we always talk about and John Jones' style maybe yeah. as the dog barks but yeah <laughs> I'm leaving this in I don't care I like, I like dogs barking people like but yeah you're actually you're right there because you know we talked over the last while about John Jones and maybe the game maybe not moving past him but his uh, style needing to be changed and actually, you know, because as you mentioned it there again, I watched a few of these fights over the last couple of days preparing for this. And I think there's a little bit of a difference when you look at, say, one fight. Like that Thiago Santos fight after, we talked directly after. And I've talked a few times since that fight about John Jones needing to adjust his style. And I, I think I was right in that. But I feel like he is trying to adjust his style a little bit. I feel like... Uh, if you watch Jones's older fights, I think big power strikes are at less of a premium than they are now like i feel like he's hitting trying to hit harder maybe trying to hit a little bit less but throw more of those shots and it's not something which you'd see like it's a complete change like someone like a masvidal like throwing big knockout blows now which is like and obviously a huge change in his game that people can see and he's getting the results from it like that you know you can it's plain and obvious. You don't have to be any sort of expert or to do any deep analysis to see it. But for Jones, I feel... I haven't, like, looked at the numbers or anything. But if I was to guess, I'd say he's thrown less strikes now, but more maybe significant strikes in what we would call significant strikes and not the, the stat people would call significant strikes. Yeah. But Just, I think it also yeah. gets harder for for even, like, 
supreme athlete and supreme fighter and high fight IQ like John Jones mm-hmm. when you're at the top for so long and there's a lot of tape on you and people are kind of yeah. aiming for you we always talked about like Weidman kind of talking about he was looking at Anderson Silva from the second he started his career and looking at how he could beat him and you know these guys Dominic Reyes and, and these guys coming up these are probably their whole careers been looking at John Jones as, as a pinnacle and this is the guy I need to I need to be beaten if I want to be if I want to be at the top of the game and I want to I want to make this a very successful prize fighting career mm-hmm. so for John Jones maybe it's harder for him to get get his things off or maybe he is just becoming more cautious for example maybe not as cautious as GSP but GSP as he became more established as a champion became more and more cautious took less risks mm-hmm. um, John Jones on his way up you know and even when he was champion as a star would kind of try beat everybody at their own game and Maybe we'll see him move away from that as the I think as the competition ha- gets stiffer. I think he has been, especially in that second Gustafson fight. You know, he went for a few takedowns, got inside on the body lock, and kind of definitely changed things up a little bit, and and didn't kind of play into Gustafson's game as much as he had. De- that's definitely thing I saw coming back from that. But it's interesting because you make a very good point there. It's like when you get to like the top of your game, what do you do? Like, do you stay? in that position and kind of you know improve little bits and things like that or do you like change your game i always remember remember Padraig harrington when he won the three ma- the majors and he was like the best player in the world up there at that stage he won him like 18 months or two years or something like that and then he like changed his swing and everyone's like what are you doing changing your swing and he's like i need to adjust if you st- stand still at the very top of the game you're gonna fall down you're gonna go backwards so you need to do that and maybe it didn't work out for him and stuff but maybe it wouldn't work out anyway like I feel like every sport is like that. If you don't... But even, even like, for example, that reminds me of, like, guys, like, changing their putting. Like, mm. it, Bernard Langer going to this big putter. Yeah. Maybe you've been doing it for so long that this new experience is more fun. Like, it's it's not... It's, it's like, you, know, you got to figure it out again. It's like, mm. it's like challenging. It's like, yeah. stimulate your brain as well, like, just to, to do different things in competition. John Jones has kind of always done that, hasn't he? Like, we talk about... Uh, you know, uh, Weidman going up looking for Anderson Silva or McGregor going up looking for Jose Aldo. Those lads, they have different sorts of game. They can fight different ways 100%, but I don't think any of them fought as differently as often as John Jones. Like, we can talk about a fight where John Jones takes someone down and gets on top of him for a full fight, can't we? We can We can talk about a fight where John Jones fights off the back foot. We can talk of, about a fight where Jones attacks and goes for someone. We can talk about a fight where Jones submits someone, where he knocks out someone, where he decisions someone. All yeah, different sorts of things. Or it goes to a really close decision a couple of times as well. Yeah, so it's like... I think John Jones thinking about this like overall as, as kind of a full fight. Like, so, yeah. Sometimes you get the feeling like yeah, I'm bringing this back to Liverpool but Liverpool are playing like a team like West Ham and they're kind of in first gear and if if the other team were to score for example they just mm-hmm. up it and yeah, Jones you know John Jones I always feel like he has a yeah. couple more gears there if he needs them like, like the yeah. Gustafsson fight is a long time ago their first one but it was kind of all going pear-shaped and mm-hmm. <laughs> but he just kind of like oh shit I gotta change yeah. this up and he's got a high fight IQ and he's got a load of abilities but there also is like kind of more blueprints there. Like, you know, Jones himself talking about all oh, the calf kicks. I was kind of waiting for people to do them to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dominic Reyes has been looking at that. thinking that's that's one thing. And maybe he's looking at, as we were talking about with the Whiteman thing, he's looking at for years. He's thinking, oh, this, this, I can do this to him. And it's it, it, like, it's, it's, it's John Jones, maybe if he was fighting uh, and bigger known quantity. Like, I'm not sure how much of an actual fan of MMA John Jones is. Like, and he's watching all these guys coming up. I don't really, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Dominic Reyes knows a hell of a lot more about John Jones than, than John Jones knows about Dominic Reyes. Yeah, I feel like you know when when you're trying to reach the pinnacle and the guy at the top of your game, you know there, we talk about having something to reach for and seeing all the tape on John Jones. 
Yeah, what's well, like, like Aldo and Connor as well? Like, yeah, you but know, is, there, can, is there too much tape on John Jones doing too many different things? Like, do you know what to aim for if you're fighting John Jones? Like, if, if you're fighting Anthony Pettis, you know what to do. You push him back, you take him down, or you land shots against the cage. You know, if you're fighting McGregor, maybe you try to wear him out for the first couple of rounds, yeah. bring him late, try to submit him. Like, for John Jones, what are you actually supposed to do? Cause yeah, is, like, is, you know, you see Daniel Cormier wrestling it, and all these other yeah. guys, and then you see John Jones is like tripping him on his face in the mm-hmm. first place. Watch him back that Tiago Santos fight and you mentioned the, the low kicks and he threw a lot of low kicks in, in that fight and he let Jones maybe come on to him a little bit and, and he, he came right down through the middle like if you look at Dominic Reyes and we'll get on to Dominic Reyes and what, how, what he's good at but he's able to do that like Dominic Reyes has very very good kicks he kicks to the body he can attack off the back foot he likes to fight off the back foot like if you look at that fight the Thiago Santos fight and maybe you know maybe with the Gustafsson first, first fight that's where John Jones has looked he's most human where someone has got to him the most I, I think this Thiago Santos fight actually he was gotten to more than the Gustafsson fight in retrospect and that was his I last think in fight, that like, Santos fight there's a bit of because we expect so much from John Jones and if you know fighter A and fighter B were switched around doing the exact same things I, I think, think the Gustafsson fight was more than that though I think the Thiago Santos fight was actually you know he did very very well against John Jones still won the fight but he yeah. did well but I see people saying oh John Jones didn't win that you know he did like, if it was the other way around there'd be no dispute I think like that, and John Jones got to be careful about that because if he's in a bunch of close decisions you know <laughs> and the chances are one's going to go against you especially when people expect so much from you and you know if you get hit with a big punch in a round and you get rocked and we haven't really seen that before then even if you won that round four, four minutes and 50, 55 seconds of the round judges are you know because you're John Jones and because you've never seen that before you got to be careful. Like these close decisions, okay, you're you're cruising in your mind, but you don't want to end up with an actual legitimate loss on your record. Mm-hmm. I I remember someone. I think it was Zane Simon did a porn. Uh, excuse me, now if I'm wrong, but I remember. I think it was him and Patrick Oyman and, and lads were talking about MMA before and how long people can stay at the very top or like fight kind of at their not maybe at their prime but on the way to their prime at their prime and maybe the start of the downfall yeah. I remember they used to say nine years was that and John Jones since he fought uh, Shogun Hua the fight you mentioned it was March 19 2011 that's almost exactly nine years and he said you know this, this is the drug thing and the time off actually might have helped him but there is a time we said I said it about Max Holloway before that fight he's been fought, he was around the same and what happened he came in and lost Jose Aldo, nine years, he came in and lost to McGregor. Frank Yeager, you know, got his losses after a while. All these different fighters. Every fighter, Demetrius Johnson, every fighter has an outdate. I, I don't think John Jones is there yet, but it's coming. It mightn't be for another five years, but it's coming. There's a day coming where John Jones is going to fall down. And it has to be against the right guy at oh, the right course, time, the right course. Of course, like, you know, uh, it's such a, such a crazy game that, like, even if you are still at your best you can just get caught mm-hmm. you know you can just that's just the way it goes in MMA like you can fucking Rio Chonin can just dive on your leg yeah. when you've got an injured injured leg and fucking out of nowhere crazy shit going on and that's just MMA yeah. uh, or you can just you can just uh, some guy can throw a head kick you can step in and cut with the knee or like you know there's just so many things that can happen and it just like with all that happening and John Jones's extracurricular activities mm-hmm. and his you know his supposed like lack of dedication to training a lot of the time it's 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 amazing that he hasn't slipped up like the Matt Hamill thing I just write off completely because it was just it was just awful refereeing and it's just 
it should have been overturned at the time, but wasn't. So it's it's there, but it's not really there in my mind. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how how good John Jones is. Like he's fighting, he's got all this shit going on in the background. He's fighting with not proper training camps apparently, mm-hmm. and he's you know a lot of the time he's fighting guys at, the, at their own game. People can say, oh, he fought a bunch of middleweights, but he fought all the light heavyweights first or yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Like he just ran out of people to fight. Like yeah, he fought Daniel Garmia twice and knocked him out the second time. Like there's no doubt about it. John Jones is a fantastic fighter. But to talk about Dominic Reyes for a second, I think Dominic Reyes. I did the the rewatch. It's, yeah, it, it is out already. It's and and watch him fighting OSP. And okay, OSP is actually maybe not the best fighter in the world. Don't you're fighting John Jones because he can't jab, and John Jones maybe is the best jab in the world uh, of MMA. But I feel like Dominic, Dominic Reyes has ways to win the fight. Like, he is a very big, long guy, and we talk a lot about big, long guys being good against John Jones, but he uses his lint in a very different way because he's not a guy who comes out and, and jabs you up from the outside and maybe moves around you and, and uses lint that way. He was forced to the, to the longer punch than you are. He actually is uses his athleticism and speed a lot. Like OSP, say what you want about OSP, but he's a you know he played American football, really good athlete, a fast guy, hits hard and everything. Yeah, like that. and he, he wasn't an easy fight for Jones when they fought either. Indeed, yeah, and uh, Reyes was faster than him from the outside. Like Reyes fought, Reyes kind of fought a, a small man's game, even though he was the bigger man or you know a similar size, maybe a little bit bigger. But he fought from like the outside of OSP's range, and then he beat in, so he was all the way in or all the way out against OSP. And we saw Thiago Santos actually doing that a little bit against John Jones as well, where he kicked the leg from the outside from far out, and then he was coming in. You saw him at, I think it was the end of the first round, landed that big Superman punch from way outside. So if Dominic Reyes can stay away from the jab of Jones, maybe allow Jones to come onto him and then counter and throw those leg kicks and throw those body kicks and throw those head kicks, he has a chance. He definitely has a chance. I also think he's cardio. calf kicks. Calf, yeah, calf kicks, 100%. I think his cardio is very good. You saw at the end of that OSP fight. Did you see, actually, the, the, yeah. I think it was a calf kick that Eddie Alvarez got hit with um, and dropped in, in the 1FC lightweight yeah. semi-final. Mm-hmm. It was just one kick to the the calf. And, like, you know, you see guys take leg kicks and you see them go down with leg kicks, but that, that looked like, you know, in that moment, he literally... Yeah. You, you can't put anything on that leg like when, when you get a higher leg kick it seems like okay you can kind of put on it but it's it's vulnerable but with those calf kicks when they're landed right they're just devastating yeah remember that Drakkar close wasn't a Mark J.K.C. fight that yeah was, it was like yeah. the first strike of the fight was like mm-hmm. a calf kick and J.K.C. was on like skates yeah. <laughs> after that <laughs> you know and we, I think it was Brent, Brent Primus and Michael Chandler with it when yeah. they pulled the old stool gag Cheer, on him yeah. um, which got me yeah. like a DCMA strike by Bellator the fuckers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there, there definitely is there's, there's ways and means of doing it you have to have a very detailed like if you do look at John plan, Jones's physique like it's kind of like oh it's perfect but then you do look is, at yeah. the calves and you think you know it's, de- it's definitely the least it is perfect part of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Santos did that like he ended up hurting his own leg because of it maybe if he didn't hurt that leg because of it it might have been a different fight but I think as well the issue with Dominic Reyes is there's ways of getting to him and I think the biggest way of getting to him is is on his kind of his his left hand side, uh, and John Jones. When John Jones fights out the southpaw uh, position, he throws the head kick very well. We saw you know landing it with the the left kick against uh, Daniel Cormier, and he's throwing it to the body, and he likes to throw it to the leg and all. Watching back that uh, that Thiago Santos fight, he threw that left leg a lot, the front kick right up through the middle as well. Dominic Reyes. 
is very open <laughs> along that side. Now, he fights out of the southpaw position most of the time. And that front hand, you saw, anyone watch that OSP fight back? I didn't rewatch. He he eats so many shots to his to his right side, so John Jones's left side, where it's John Jones's left hook or his his head kick over the top. Like and I, a big issue as well. I think I saw someone. I I, uh, I put out a tweet yesterday. And I was like, uh, "What percentage chance would you give Dominic Reyes?" And lo- most people were saying like, you know, ten, fifteen, you know, twenty percent or something like that. And one person said he should have a, a big chance because he's all the physical attributes and everything says he should be John Jones. And then one of the things he said was wrestling. And I saw a few people saying wrestling as well. And uh, I don't think so, to be honest. I get, in that fight against OSP, he didn't really get taken out. I think he got t- taken out maybe once. But he gave up the body lock so many times against OSP. He did well to defend out of it. He's, uh, his ability to get out of the clinch was good. But in the clinch against someone like a John Jones, I think he'll struggle badly there. I think he'll get taken down from the clinch as well. And I think John Jones could take him down in the middle of the cage. Well, it, it depends on John Jones. What he like, you know, If he tries to fight... Yeah smart like he could do all these things but with John Jones we know there's always the the high chance that, that he won't um, well not that he won't fight smart he, he won't fight stupid but he'll he'll take risks to kind of prove he's the the better man or the better fighter in certain areas and Dominic Reyes also has that you know I know John Jones has that un, undefeated kind of momentum but so does Reyes I know it's not as long as John Jones is not at, the, at a high at the the same height, uh, say high levels for as long as John Jones, but like Cannoneer, OSP, Uzdemir, and Weidman is nothing to be sniffed Good at. Wins, like yeah. they're all in a row. Like so, you know, he's really high on confidence as well. Like I think a lot of guys go in there against John Jones historically, and they don't really fancy their chances. Like we saw it against Aldo for years as well, and this is Silva for years. People kind of probably going to lose here you're going to get the feeling from them mm-hmm. I don't um, you know maybe Dominic Reyes will have that but maybe I, I don't think he will like he seems like a confident guy he's got that undefeated record he's on a he's on a tear he's got momentum mm-hmm. he's probably been looking at John Jones for a long time he's probably encouraged by John Jones's last fight like I'd say he's yeah. going in there more confident than a lot of guys yeah I, I like uh, kind of closing off this fight though you know we talk a lot about uh, at the light heavyweight division a lot of the high level fights even the lightweight division the welterweight division we always kind of seem to think it'll probably go to a decision, but maybe not. I feel like this fight's going to finish because I feel like there's so many ways. One thing as well about Dominic Reyes, he's not afraid to let his hands go. You know, he's not afraid uh, afraid to take a couple, to give a couple. Now, it's different against John Jones. We've seen that down through the years. These guys like Anthony Smith and all these lads are going in there and they're throwing big fucking fists at everyone for the three or four fights before and then they come in against John Jones and they can't strike, so that could happen again. But I feel like Reyes will throw... And he'll either get knocked out or, or, or knock out John Jones himself. I feel like it's going to be like a really good fight. I, I feel Reyes will force yeah. it to be a good fight. And, you know, it, look, John Jones could end up taking him down and elbowing him right through the middle. But Yeah, or just taking him down and getting like a first like Kimura. So he, yeah. like, he's got some submissions himself. Like if he needs them, John Jones has used them in the past. And, mm. um, you know, he's so dangerous everywhere. John Jones is so hard to pick against him. But I, I do think that like... You know, if John Jones isn't taking this too seriously, he, he, he could be in for a few hairy moments. But I just yeah. see, I just see too many tools for John Jones to uh, to get it done. But like Reyes, even if he goes out there and loses to Jones, like he, he could be back. Like you know, he's mm-hmm. it's probably Silly a bit early for him here. Like yeah. you know, uh, like the, he's just a fresh opponent for Jones, and they need that. I understand why they're making this fight, and he's undefeated and all that. But. Um, like he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of talent. It's just it's just John Jones is, is supremely talented and supremely 
brilliant at MMA. Yeah, the last time there was a fight, I thought of like this, and there's probably been fights before it, but it, it, and I had the exact same thoughts as you had there, a little bit early for him. It was Weidman versus Anderson, and we know what happened with that. Now, you know, it might be the same thing with this, but I feel like it's a little bit too early. I feel like Reyes has the tools. Just, I think the way he went through Munoz, though, uh, Weidman, he just yeah. fucking beat the living crap out of him mm-hmm. and didn't take a punch. And Munoz was like, you know, at the time was a, a highly it ranked. Wasn't, it wasn't rated. like the Weidman win for Reyes, like Weidman on the way down, kind of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it was a guy who was kind of in and around the, the, the title picture as well like mm-hmm. and he just absolutely ruined him like yeah. uh, so people were like okay well like you know you've cut like 100 pounds or whatever and one day notice and fall uh, my uh, wasn't yeah. Yeah, yeah you know he looked terrible but he was still good enough to get the job done and and you, you just kind of it just kind of made sense uh, at the time I thought but I, with, with Dominic Reyes he could go like I said the same thing about Kobe Garbrandt when he went in there and won the title so yeah. Sometimes it, maybe it was too early for Cody Garbrandt, like in hindsight, yeah, <laughs> even now. But, and it's the same with Whiteman, I but think. But you can as well. still win it. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting. It definitely has one of him. Like he could he could go in there and get absolutely destroyed. Like, like yeah, yeah. For example, it was too early for Ngannou, but he still mm-hmm. you know had his moments. He could have exactly. won the fight. Like exactly. you know. Uh, yeah, I I think he's. What what percentage chance would you give him of winning? I put out the question yesterday, but. <sighs> um. <laughs> Probably like a ten or fifteen. Is that all? Whoa! Oh, yeah, I think he's a bigger chance. John Jones, than that. like yeah, I definitely favor John Jones, but I think Reyes has, I think he has ways to win. Like, like we haven't <sighs> even seen John Jones rocked really. Like, no. I feel I know, like, like it only takes one punch. It, you know, they say mm-hmm. instead of a zag or whatever, but it's just in my mind, it's just extremely unlikely. And that's nothing against Reyes either, oh, like because yeah. it's just John Jones's ability. He's so good. I feel like John Jones has the ability to make this an easy fight, but he doesn't always do that. Like, he yeah, most of that ten or fifteen percent is like if John Jones decides to kind of not yeah. fight as smart as he knows he should. Yeah, I feel like if John Jones goes out and goes for that body lock early, the, you know, he'll take him down and elbow him right down through the middle. It could be an early stoppage. But if, if he fights on the feet and he maybe doesn't go for those takedowns or uh, Reyes is able to shuck off the first few kicks to the body, uh, that body kick as well, he's going to get taken down from that body kick if he throws it too much. But I'd give Reyes a good 35% chance of winning maybe. And I know these arbitrary percentages are weird, but I think he has ways. Look, I, I do think Jones will maybe get caught with a few and then take him down and win it from there. Uh, and I, I agree with what you said. Kimura there, those big elbows right down through the middle. That's probably the most likely way I think of of Jones for Jones to win. But never, I can't doubt John Jones. Maybe he'll get in the feet and just smash him on the feet. But who knows? I'm like I'm really looking forward. To it. I think it's a very very intriguing fight. Just based on the way, like will John Jones like the second Gustafsson fight where he kind of came out and fought off the back foot and forced him onto him, which is kind of what uh, what. Uh, Reyes would want to do himself so if Jones does that to him how is he going to react is he go- just going to go all out and throw big strikes and then Jones will come in and take him down or catch him like it's a very very intriguing fight for me and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it let, let's know what you think who, who you think will win but uh, right let's move on the, the co-main event then is the women's flyweight title se- uh, which sees Valentina Shevchenko Sh- yeah Shevchenko I felt like I said that wrong but I didn't uh, taking on Caitlin Chukagan um <sighs> This is like the opposite, isn't it? <laughs> this is like she's well, absolutely like, I mean, no chance. You're like. actually shocked if, if uh, mm-hmm. Valentina Shushenko didn't win this. Uh, when when you see odds this wide, like I think they do say, like when odds are this wide, you should bet on it because one in eight or one in nine times it will happen, yeah. and it happened with Macy Barber. And like people say, oh, she tore ACL, but she was losing that fight when she, until she tore ACL as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, there's always a chance it's MMA, and I think. Especially in in 
women's MMA where it's not as developed. Yeah. At the at the, the upper echelon, um, even though it's getting there, it's still not there compared to the men. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, there's always a chance, but <laughs> what's her route to victory, really? You know. Yeah, I, like watching a couple of her fights, she's really good head movement. Like, and well, okay, what I did first, right? I watched a couple of her fights first, and I was like, mm, she's good, you know, she's good dab, jab down through the middle. She can stay in there. She's actually very good defensively. She doesn't get hit that much. Yeah, she's you know, willing to be in a really boring fight. She was talking yeah. about, you know, I don't get paid half my money. Like, you, these fans don't pay my bills, so exactly. shut up, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She looks, she's well able to move around the, the octagon and everything like that. And then I was like, all right, she's a good fight. Now I kind of de- I developed uh, uh, an understanding for her game. And then I went, <laughs> went and watched a couple of Valentina Shashinko fights. It was like, oh, she's fucked. It's just a different level. <laughs> just isn't a it? way different. She's so much faster. Like, fighting better fighters than Chukagan and making them look bad. Like, just, she's just going to be too much. Like, I feel um, Valentina went in against um, Jessica, wasn't it? And she just got a body lock, took her down, and, you know, made mincemeat of her. Didn't knock her out with a head kick in the second round. Like, I could see her doing something very similar here. You know, Chukagan, like she's just outmatched everywhere, really, isn't she? Whether it's the clinch or in the striking or on the ground, I can't. Yeah, see the, the route to victory is just hard to see. Like you know, uh, anything can happen, but when when it's smaller weights and there's not really that like you know such a high percentage chance of a of a flash knockout or knockdown, uh, it's just it's just hard to see how she wins this. Yeah, like I I, I don't think it's actually a bad thing. Look, getting Shevchenko in there, getting her wins. No, Chukagan might come out and you know knock her out and it'll be one of the greatest shocks in UFC history for me if, if that does happen but look getting Shevchenko wins building people up for her getting her big fights and it's a pity Messi Barber lost actually because she was the one getting built up and I don't think Roxy's going to be that person but yeah but they have the thing of Ashitori so yeah. that once she gets a couple of wins they can they can kind of write that off yeah but that's two years down the road probably as well because she's probably going to be out for six to nine months six there six to nine months yeah, yeah. a couple of wins coming back and uh, it's also yeah. like I've torn Messi on myself and a couple of times and it's, it, it feels like loose and you don't trust it for a little while after that as well like even when it's meant to be fully rehabbed it doesn't feel right for a while yeah, that's true. But you know, I'd love to see Suarez. We've talked about it before. I'd love to see Suarez coming up and fighting Valentina Shevchenko. That that fight to me is one of the most yeah, intriguing. Yeah, as I said that when we talked about it last time, it was like the UFC not really in, be any in any rush to get her in there because she yeah. put a good chance of winning. And you know how much Dana White hates her style of fighting and true. like John Fitch or how many how many fights did he have to win to get a against top contenders that they put in to beat him? How many of them did he have to win to get a? Title shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. Yeah, you know, as well. It feels like you know this is a big card as well, isn't it? This is the John Jones fight. There's been a lot of talk about women's MMA recently. You know, with Cyborg winning last week, and you know everyone calling Nunes the goat. Now she had a very close fight with Nunes. So maybe if she goes in here on this big John Jones card, probably you know the the second biggest card of of the first half of the year. Maybe if McGregor doesn't fight again, and or well until the the Habib uh, Tony one, maybe. But you know, John Jones always draws, and if she's out there and she knocks someone out in the round one or round two, you know, people are going to want to watch her again, and then her against Nunes, that becomes an even bigger fight then, so I think it's a big fight for Valentina Shevchenko, a showcase fight, it isn't always that simple, no, I, I don't want mm. to totally write off, write off Chukagan, but it could be a good showcase fight here for, for Shevchenko, and I think that's the, the kind of the top and bottom of it, but sure look. Yeah, I just want to derail us here for a second, where you just reminded me of something there, talking about um, pay-per-views, and yeah. um, you you listened to the Wrestling Observer, I, I, I just did, saw, like, yeah. kind of confusing sounding tweets yeah. from Mark Ramondi about 
it I, did the equivalent of two million if it was the old style paper. What yeah, does that even mean? So what? Yeah, I I read that as well, and I was like, I didn't read the whole article, but I, I listened to the podcast. And then somebody and tried to ask, "Oh, what do you mean?" And he was like, "It's simple." Or I was like, yeah. well, "I don't understand it either, mate." Like, so what happened was Dave Meltzer can't used to get the numbers from Dave Meltzer's like on the. We used to get wildly right? wrong numbers, but <laughs> yeah, the best but, thing we could we yeah. could. Dave Meltzer's like source. sources in like TV companies and pay per view, like Direct TV and all of those lads, wherever it is in America, and he could get like certain numbers from them. But now you can't get them anymore because it's not on there in America. The pay per views, it's all on ESPN Plus. So ESPN keep their numbers. But he also had Dave, Dave Meltzer's unbelievable, like keeping numbers and track of things and things. So he used have those numbers he got from those TV ch- stations, and he also had like you know the Google Trends and the amount of impressions it did yeah. in different places and all. And he used correlate numbers in like other countries as well yeah. like you know Canada and Australia and whatever wherever else is on pay-per-view yeah. so what he said is those numbers like the Google trends and maybe the Twitter numbers or whatever else those correlated the same as what a 2 million pay-per-view buy would have been before on normal TV so he's not saying it did 2 million now he's saying those other numbers that would normally correlate or be there or thereabouts were what a 2 million pay-per-view would be then so you, you know with ESPN plus it's harder to buy it and everything it's there's extra steps so mm. you're probably talking 1.5 to 2 million maybe I'd, I'd say it did I'd say that's uh, that's, that's mental like that's that's a lot, that's a lot. like mm. it, uh, it's nearly hard to believe because uh how difficult it is to make it to order and how mm. yeah. if you're going to be on your computer whipping all this shit up you might as well just whip up a stream like yeah. it, um, although let me say one it could be a little bit less as well because it's such a um a short fight so like lots of people it was up like only a 40 second fight the whole fight was up so maybe that would have so like i'd say it definitely did over a million anyway which is is huge like yeah, yeah. no i'd say i'd say the espn are absolutely delighted yeah. because you know it's it, even now like you know how long has that been going for and people are confused about people are messaging or asking how yeah. how do you order this like you know very true. Uh, it's it's it, people are used to the they're all just like sky or not sky what's it called direct tv and mm-hmm. um, press the fucking whatever the red button and there you have it like yeah and there was a uh, lot of people buying it around here as well because i had a lot of people like and how do yeah I, like guys direct? who i haven't had mma messages from in ages you know yeah. send you messages up in the middle of the night in ireland yeah. um I, I thought it was people say oh i don't care about this mcgregor guy but then yeah you know <laughs> they do <laughs> I, I thought it was like really quiet you know, I, I did the interviews with ariel and ben folks and all them around maybe the friday or the thursday beforehand uh like the week that said 10 days before or whatever and i was like it's very quiet and all. i thought it was quiet and then it came to like Tuesday and Wednesday and I thought it yeah. picked I think up the a same thing bit. happened before the Habib fight. people were like oh where's the buzz where's the hype yeah. uh, it doesn't seem like yeah. McGregor week and all this stuff and then it was like what like 2.6 million in pay-per-views well, in America well, two, oh the Habib one oh yeah but yeah. Uh, this one I, I like I thought it it took it like went up and down I thought it died a bit again maybe later because the press conference came and it was kind of boring and nobody kind of liked it but then the fight night came and I think people were like fucking McGregor's fighting let's, let's fight the pay-per-view and there seemed to be a lot around it but yeah look I think it was definitely a success for him anyway and they'd be happy to get him back in there pretty quickly uh, let's finish this card and we'll talk another bit about that and, and Masvidal and stuff in, in a second um, Juan Adams fighting Justin Taffa on the main card and two more very good fights as well Dan Ige versus my boy Mirsad Bektic Team Sheehan looking forward to that should be a good fight is he fight. still your boy or he lost hope <laughs> a little I don't know will I go full Chris Wyman's father saying he's still my boy but he's no he's still my boy he, the one lost to Josh Emmett you know a lucky that doesn't sound like he's still your boy if if, if Chris Wyman's dad was in the cage and there, he was like yeah, yeah he's still my boy <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> doesn't, say, doesn't fill you with the same kind of feels as uh, as Chris Wyman's sure. father delivered it. Speaking of my boys, has anyone been as underrated in the UFC as fucking Wonder Boy? That he smashed Masvidal like he just. Well, me and you talk about it all the time. Like, uh, you, you know, it's just a personality thing. You need to. Yeah. You need like it's it's more than it's 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 more than people realize. Part of, of being a fighter, like you're a business, you're own. You need to say shit. Like you need to get the media. You need to, you know. Okay, it can be kind of funny to people like say it and awkward for a little bit. Where like, oh my god, he's super nice and over the top nice, and then people just get bored of that. Yeah, it's controversy and, and bad blood. Everyone. Yeah, very true. Right, uh, Derek Lewis versus Ilir Latifi. I fucking love this fight. <laughs> what the fuck is going to happen in that? Derek Lewis, is it going to be skinny Derek Lewis? Or, or who knows? Like know. We need to see him on the scale first. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We'll have to if it's fat Derek Lewis, then I got him. Easy. Yeah, skinny Derek Lewis is way worse. <sighs> Remember when Derek yeah. Lewis tried to like, start fighting? Trying to be Oscar over him out there and shit. Like, <laughs> no, not like, that. Fucking hell, yeah. mate. Derek Lewis. He's taking the fun out of Derek Lewis. <laughs> no, Derek Lewis is the one fighter... There's probably more, but he's the one for I can think of who's better off when he's worse. He's a better fighter when he tr- doesn't try to fight well. Because <laughs> he wants as much power and force behind that one point yeah, he lands in the third round yeah. to finish the fight. <laughs> Derek Lewis, <laughs> give up this jabbing bullshit. Don't bother with like good takedowns and all of this and like setting up shots. Just wait there, absorb a load of damage, go full fucking Homer Simpson against Dederick Tatum. And just unleash it with five seconds left. That's what you need to do if you're Derek Lewis. The mind is bullshit. But this Ilar Latifi fight is, is like really fun. I love it. I feel like Latifi will try to take him down. You know, he's a very good wrestler and get on top of him and and uh, beat him that way. Like I think Latifi's a much, much, much better fighter than Derek Lewis. But I, you know, me you now never, never, <laughs> never uh, rule Derek Lewis out of any fight. But you can make fun of Derek Lewis, and we do. But you know, in fairness to him, it is entertaining when he fights. Like you yeah, know, there's a lot of always. same same going on in these cards, especially when they're not like you know a huge card. Yeah. But Derek Lewis is always a bit of entertainment. Definitely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. On the undercard, then Trevin Giles, Antonio Rojo, um, Alex Morona versus Kaylin Williams, Lauren Murphy, Ireland's own against Andrea Lee. That should be a good fight. Women's flyweight as well. That could. You know, get one of the next contenders over the next couple of months or, or year, maybe. Uh, Andre Ewell, Jonathan Martinez, and four other lads with no Wikipedia pages on the undercard as well. So, fair play to them. Right. Uh, a couple more things here to talk about. Let's start. Okay, Mads Vidal and Usman. Did you see that? Back and forth ahead in like the middle he of the You jumped the shark already. Did, oh, yeah. <laughs> he jumped the shark already. It's ridiculous. Has, has uh. anyone had a bigger like rise and fall in the space of about two months than Mads Vidal like? It's mad. Yeah. I've never seen anything but like, like it. like, you know, uh, I kind of talked about it. I don't know when it was. I think it was on the podcast a few weeks ago. But, you know, if you look at like the... the Okay, you know, he beat Ben Askren in the most spectacular fashion you can imagine, but mm-hmm. he beat Ben Askren at the end of the day. It's not yeah. that good of a win. Like, people can say, oh, in hindsight, it's easy to say that, but me and you have been saying that for yeah. fucking eight years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, like, great win, all that, brilliant. But, um, <laughs> you know, Nate Diaz. Fantastic. Yeah. Over the hill. You know, like, well done. Like, you know, it was brilliant. Like, it'll be on the highlight reels forever. It was, it was spectacular. It was breathtaking. It was perfect. But, it's not exactly like you know the highest caliber of opponent mm-hmm. yeah and Nate Diaz kind of been off he looked terrible against Anthony Bellis in that comeback fight like he, like he's been off for how many years like after 
after taking a couple of beatings in a row, okay, he landed damage on Connor, but he took a lot of damage in, in both of those fights and mm. then took a lot of time off. And we talk about how quickly the game evolves and the Diaz brothers already had holes in their games. And uh, mm. the McGregor, okay, the McGregor matchup kind of is a good style matchup for Nate Diaz. Yeah. And like but, we, with McGregor as well, you know, we talked about him being out of the cage, but he had the Habib fight and he had the flight about as well. So, like, he was kind of kept busy when he was out. But Nate had nothing. Like, Nate had no fights between the Pettis fight and the McGregor fight. And, and you know, Nate Diaz, both of the other brothers, like, they, t- they don't mind taking a bit of punishment, like, mm-hmm. throughout their whole career. Like, and, uh, you know, the fight was stopped a little early, like, as well. Yeah. Okay, like, uh, it was, it was seemed like it was going one way, but we, we know how MMA is. Like, you don't know until, until you know, until it's over. But uh, you know these are these are good wins. Like the he, he has a very good win. Till Till wins a very good win. Very good win. Yeah. Very good win. But it's not exactly like you know the way people are going on. Like he's this unstoppable murderer. Like I don't see it. Like I I I, I maybe I just remember all those you know split decisions he probably should have won or could have won but didn't do enough to win. Yeah. He's seven and five years and you know in the last five years seven and five. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and mm. I think like you know people will call him. Uh, an absolute uh, killer or whatever, like uh, unstoppable. But then, you know, f- let's say for example the McGregor fight happens. Mm-hmm. I'd favor McGregor heavily in that fight. Of and course, you would fucking chill. I, like, but like, let's be honest. Like, I would. Uh, well, but like, the, yeah, I, I think. I, I think. I, like, I think if you look at their abilities, like, yeah, it's a different. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to pick Masvidal yeah. in that fight, and if Masvidal loses that fight, people be like, ah, but he's seven and six, and is yeah. fucking, you know. That's exactly it. It'll always happen. But the, the, I think the thing with Masvidal, he has definitely improved over like his last three fights. But like, as I said, no, sorry, as I said before, though, like most of it though, with Stephen Thompson, no personality, mm-hmm. people latch onto. Yeah, Masvidal had that, and exactly. but now he's pushing it too far, mm-hmm. and it's too fake, and people can see it's fake, and it just sounds, and like, you know, altercations that don't seem like real. Yeah. Yeah, people get sick of that shit quick. Like you know, yeah. um, you got to turn into Tito Ortiz pretty quickly. Like yeah, there was a like there was a touch of that as well at McGregor at one stage. Remember when he did tough and everyone's like, oh, we can't get him off this fucking uh, TV. He's gone. But then he went and did tough. I know we didn't see him for like two months or whatever because he was in the house and nothing could come out of it. And then they came out and everyone's kind of ready for him again. I, yeah. I, he has done that a lot since. You know, we've uh, there's been different reasons for it. But over the last year, we haven't really seen much of him. And people were ready for him yeah. again when he came. Masvidal has yeah, just people been... Were, who were, were, you, know, you got to leave people wanted more and not thinking, oh, get this guy off my TV. Yeah. Like, and, you know, uh, like people can people can say what they want about Masvidal like you know we, we're talking about him now and people know who he is and it, mm-hmm. it, it worked like you know but there's, there's no need it's, it's unnecessary to, to do these extra things that seem to be going on now these yeah. fake things and just trying too hard see the problem with Masvidal is like we, we talk there and we can kind of I think we're actually maybe even being a little bit too negative on like his wins and his performance and who he's beaten and stuff. But that doesn't matter. We're not the people we're talking about here. We're talking about the people, you know, who want to see Maswell fighting McGregor, want to see him fighting for the title and stuff. And they see those wins and he has a great shine from those wins. But the hardcore fans see Maswell for years and see him as this like this cool guy who's like always been real, you know, the underground king like he used to call Eddie Alvarez and all. But now Well, he called Eddie Alvarez for one one build up. He called it for himself, yeah. But (laughs) 
<laughs> Always known as the Undercard King. Wow, I've never right. heard that before, watching him for 12 years. Right now, Mazzalal has seemed to actually kind of lost those fans. Because I like I looked at his tweets. Well, that's there. what happens though. Like, you know, he's a kind of cool guy that nobody's heard of and uh, or no, the casual fans haven't heard of. And then when people have heard of him, the guys move on to the next guy. Unless you have that magnetism that yeah. only very few guys have. And maybe some people were attracted towards Mazzalal's personality, but then when it's the same kind of stick over and over again with mm -hmm. extra fake things added in, it's just, it wears on people very, very, thick, See, very uh, quickly. The problem is everyone tries to be McGregor or uh, Chelsea, but what he should be trying to do is try to be Nate Diaz. <laughs> Because the Diaz brothers do it absolutely perfectly. Like, you don't see the Diaz brothers that much, but then you see, like, this ignorant comment on Twitter. Or, like, yeah, even they do when they do interview. say something ridiculous, people are like, ah, the Diaz brothers, up yeah. to their old tricks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those Diaz brothers. Yeah, but he's just completely gone over the top. Too many... This. All right, let's, let's talk about this Usman thing. So they were at, a, like, a Super Bowl media day, and, like, he was like, you hold me back, come on, you hit, throw the first punch or something like that, and might as well I call him on. Like, or actually, it just reminds me, yeah, the Usman thing, actually, I was listening to him on Rogan podcast, and yeah. it actually sounds like he actually was hacked by the sounds of things. Because <laughs> apparently, like, they were, like, posting up his bank statements on yeah. his own Twitter and so forth. You know, you don't want really to do that to yourself. And, and mm. I know Ali's his manager and all that, but, like, even Ali can't be that crazy. What are they, his actual bank details, though? Yeah, but he was tweeting like like all sorts of calling like Mike Tyson an N word, and it just seemed like it just seemed it could be a cover up where he sent the McGregor ones, regretted them, and then started firing these crazy messages at other yeah, celebrities. Man. But it just seems a bit a bit much. Yeah, my man convinced, but yeah. Well, anyway, I heard that was yeah. I was completely convinced that he was time. full of shit. Like, but <laughs> yeah. then. Yeah. Then I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it's actually this is this is a, this doesn't sound like oh, I ate that contaminated meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I kind of believe that. But anyway, uh, right. Of course Look, you we've, do. We've, we've talked about that anyway. The the altercation. It was so even if it wasn't fake, even if they met and they're like, oh, we see cameras around, let's let's ham it up a little bit. I think there was definitely a bit of that in it. But yeah, it just wasn't wasn't great at all. Um, anyway, right. We'll talk about Stephen A for a second. But what about this this Bellator Dublin card? Um, the Razor Scope fight has fallen out as it was broken on Severum. Uh, Paul Redman will be fighting Georgie Carcanyon now. Unfortunately, the biggest blow to the guard, I think, Peter Queen yeah, is out. Yeah. Chris Bungard. Is it, the momentum he just built is just. Yeah. It's a big fight for him, you know. It's just very unfortunate. Yeah, do you know that was like the main event of the two forty part, or whatever it is, and then Gallagher was the yeah. other one. That felt like the main event of the card because that's a huge fight for Peter Quinn. You know, I was at the media day a couple of months ago, and I interviewed him, and like he was, we were talking about this and saying, like, you know, it's one of the biggest fights an Irish fighter has had. If he can get this win, it's like, you know, we were talking about Richard Coyley and and MVP. If he had won that, it'd be one of the biggest wins, and it was the same, I think, for for um, Queeley against Primus, and it's just a like this card it's i think that was fight was really holding it together and i love the the reds or scope fight uh, you know this, this the carcanyon fight's good it's actually a very good replacement so i wouldn't criticize that at, at all too much but there's something missing in this card you know we, we need the irish guy against the big american coming through and bungard is you know bungard's a, a good fighter i'm sure the primus fight will be good but it's you not know, the like they're, they're, they're decent replacements in an unfortunate situation it's just yeah. disappointing that you know these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> they do happen. I love that uh, the Ricky Bandejas Franz Malamba fight. Though it's a very good fight, isn't it? That's yeah, what, really. it, it, what a fight! Yeah, yeah. I, I heard about that before it was announced, and I was yeah. onto you. Yeah, it's like that's that's a fight. Like, that's a very good fight, yeah. hopefully Franz, you know, trains properly. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah. a risk that he won't. Yeah. But uh, 
But like, uh, Franz is one of these guys with so much potential, and you know, you're gonna kind of fucking need to make it happen now, or fucking. Yeah, Bandeas is it's, very good too. Probably, like, there's been a there's been yeah, a lot of people is, like, you know, looking for that Such a like you know, Bandeas has got this knockout, and a lot of people think, oh, he's 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 brilliant. But if you look at him fight, I think like, I, I favor Franz here on the feet anyway, definitely. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll I think France is very fast and his his punches are straighter and he's he's just uh, if, if if France isn't worried like you see in the Dominic Wooding fight like if France isn't too worried about the takedown it, it really lets him show how good he actually is on the feet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Liam McCord is on the card. I don't think Sinead Cavan is actually on the card, is she? Which is is disappointing. <laughs> like Sinead never seems to be on these these Irish cards. I think she was on one of them, but yeah, it's it's a pity. But you know, Cyborg just won there last week. There's a lot of people talking about yeah. Sinead versus Cyborg after we were talking about it last week. So. You know, maybe that. Uh, yeah, maybe that I'm surprised she's not on it. Like they have like a couple of like that Leslie Leslie Smith match rematch will be a huge fight in yeah, in Dublin. Dublin yeah. mm. it's, only, it's only three weeks ago, I know, so that's probably not happening. So yeah, sure. Leslie Smith's one of them mad fighters that would probably just take it though. She, I'd say she would. Yeah, like we we you know we both said that we think. Uh, uh, Sinead won that fight, but no, you know that's no disrespect to Leslie Smith. You know Leslie Smith's a, a very good fighter, and to be, she's always getting like she fought fucking Cyborg. <laughs> in, in fairness, and she's a lot smaller than Cyborg, so you know, uh, fair play to her for for taking that anyway. And I'm sure she'd take it again. But uh, right, this Stephen S. Smith thing. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, and I had like just seen his reply, and I was like hot and bothered yeah. about. It. I was going mad last week. To me, like I tweeted kind of back and forth with Arian. He Ariel had him on his podcast. And I feel like he made it worse on <laughs> podcast because he just admitted what everyone was saying. Like he's he said he's not an aficionado on MMA and he'd leave it to the guys like Rogan and Bisping and Carmi and Ariel and all those people. Well, he's like, on the cutting edge of, of fighting. Have you not seen the new punches he was practicing? <laughs> yeah, never seen, never yeah. before seen techniques. As someone with a bad shoulder myself, though, I can I can sympathize with him because he said he'd turn around to Eric up, so I wouldn't. I yeah, I'm not as bad on other people as that, but like. My thing about this is, I I was blaming Stephen S. Smith, and look, he's he knows nothing about MMA, and well, but he knows a bit about MMA, but he he doesn't know enough about MMA to be criticizing someone like that. Like if if fucking someone who's been covering the sport for for ten years says something an educated opinion about what happened to Cerrone like we talked about it last week we said Cerrone if you get to him early he will you know you you can find him a way out we'll, let's put it that way and like Stephen S. Smith basically said the same sort of thing but in a more crass way possibly but he said it from a position and he well, said it he's, himself he's kind of altered his, his opinions a little bit to sound a little bit more less harsh sorry less harsh like yeah yeah Stephen A. Smith kind of was like uh, basically basically what he was saying is Cerrone quit and mm-hmm. we saw no and everybody was also so disappointing and stuff but now he's trying to kind of slightly edge the conversation a little bit in a friendlier way but uh, I think to be honest the ongoing uproar is a bit much like it, yeah. it's it's a it's a bias it's, it's, it's an opinion I don't agree with but it's not the worst no. take I've ever like you know for an American talking head it's one of the best takes I've, <laughs> I've heard in a long time yeah. even though I don't agree with it I, I said the same like after listening to that I don't blame Stephen S. Smith at all. And uh, people attacking him, I think they're attacking the wrong person. All that stuff about, God, check the numbers and all that. That's just yeah, like, so mate, shut up. But like, you know, it's all the do with you. It's a, like, it's a McGregor yeah. fight. Like, it's yeah, shut up. I blame ESPN. Like, these, these guys are going out there calling themselves the world leader in sport. And they have a guy who doesn't know anything about MMA analyzing the fight out and people say oh he's not and you know ariel said he was on it for five minutes he wasn't like, analyzing i think the fight. actually he's literally the analyzing the fight. i was listening like fair enough if you need like you know somebody there who's recognizable mm. if like for example it's like um a couple of guys like brendan chat like for example people people who's like 
maybe not Brendan Jabby, he's a bit more well known, but maybe it's a fighter and it's 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 a John Anik. Yeah. And you think, oh, I need we need somebody who they recognize to keep them watching here. Yeah. And you stick Stephen A. Smith in, but you got Joe Rogan there. Like, mm-hmm. You know, Joe Rogan's exactly. podcast is like the biggest podcast in like the history of the world. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I, I feel <laughs> like, like when you're you talking know what I mean? about, and he's like, he's yeah. on Fear Factor. He's a comedian. He he's fucking on the UFC broadcast all over the place. He's He's like he's everywhere. Here's the he's question: a, He's like nobody. He's like oh, I've never seen that guy like before. Like we're gonna change yeah. this. Who the fuck is it? He's fools. Would they put Joe? Maybe Rogan... there's a few people, but like them same people aren't looking at Stephen A. Smith and being like, oh, the Oracle is here. Yeah. Would they put Joe Rogan on the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> stuff, like on the coverage, like because he doesn't know anything about American football? They wouldn't put him there. He say no. They, and after like one, like a really impressive dominating victory by one of the Super Bowl finalists, yeah. he's like, oh, we saw nothing. They just rolled up and quit oh it was terrible mm-hmm. you know people be like oh what we just like you know it's it's disrespectful to everybody like it's it's what you don't really do that on tv you don't say your own product is, is crap yeah but i, I actually i actually <laughs> no, I mean, yeah and people were saying yeah he's just a, like an espn you know trying to put it over the ufc and he didn't do that in fairness to him. But like if no, they he want... actually did it, something that espn probably wouldn't like and yeah. say oh we we kind of wasted our time here folks like I, thanks I think... for buying this Pay-per-view for fucking whatever much it was, sixty dollars. I, I think people's we argument people's argument here for Stephen S. Smith being there is they want to make UFC look like a big deal by having their big guy, you know, their main man there. But like why don't they have someone like I think SVP is the guy's name who's like a presenter and sports center and thing? Why don't they have him presenting it? And then you throw it to Carmier, you throw it to Ariel. And you throw Ariel. It. Yeah, but like okay, Ariel maybe is not the, the biggest name in the world in in outside of MMA. Like, but if you want your huge ESPN name that has the twenty million followers or whatever it is, or everyone knows him from Sports Center, why not have that in the presenter role where they can throw it to people who know about MMA? You're not having. Uh, like uh, who was a John Anik presenting throwing it to Stephen A. Smith who knows nothing about MMA you know that's the thing you're just having a talking head there to say his opinion even though the opinion is based on nothing like I could go in and I could give my opinion on fucking hockey and I have like, like, clue like I I'm... mentioned earlier it's not the worst take ever if you look at like Skip Bayless and but Shannon it's whatever his name from. is yeah, it's you know exactly it, it, their show from. is that you know what you're getting like you yeah. go to Kobe Covenant's Twitter you know what you're getting you mm-hmm. go to fucking Shannon and Skip uh Bayless yeah. video you're getting shy talk from both sides uh, different like wildly different sides of the argument mm-hmm. and you know what you're getting but when you're <laughs> you're looking for post fight biggest pay-per-view of the the decade so far <laughs> you would say um, you don't want like people don't want to hear that so mm-hmm. it's like it just it just was a bad decision all around. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think it makes. MMA... But it wasn't the worst take ever either. So I don't. I'm like, okay, a bit of outrage on the night, night after, or whatever. But it just, I know it's because there's videos going back and forth and stuff. But mm. just shut up about it already. Like. Yeah, I, like people are the, the the all the arguments for it as well. I think, and this is the last thing I know. All the arguments for it, like it's trying to make MMA look bigger and trying to big it up. Well, it's actually not because you bring someone like that in and you're basically saying MMA don't have a person in there to analyze it good enough as, as Stephen A. Smith can like that's absolutely idiotic MMA is some of the best well, isn't Dominic Cruz there exactly he's absolutely fantastic if that's it. what you want if you want like breakdown then yeah. and someone your, who's not, not afraid to say his opinion either and you could have your person in presenting him and throwing it to Dominic Cruz to say that and yeah look it's I just hope he's never there again <laughs> let, let him do what he does if he gives his opinion on NFL and all that fair enough but at least like have you know you wouldn't have someone analyzing basketball like or boxing, the NFL like you can talk if, about boxing all he wants like I, I hear he has a 
like a show where he brings on yeah. boxers all the time. So he probably picked up a few things and knows a few things and mm-hmm. can give like he can give an opinion about MMA if he wants. But you know, uh, it's it's just not the right guy. It's not his fault. Like yeah. you know, he's going in to do the job that he does. That he's like this is what he's paid for to go yeah. on and give some kind of hot exactly. take on I, whatever. I blame, it is. It's, it's not his fault. It's just a bad decision to put him there. Yeah, ESPN should not have someone analyzing MMA without a deep knowledge of MMA. They just shouldn't. They shouldn't have someone with American football analyzing it who doesn't have a deep knowledge of American football or any sport it goes for. It's not this MMA bubble. It's just he made MMA look bad by not having a clue what he was talking about. So that's it, basically. Right, let's answer a few questions here, Graham, before we go. Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast. We'll have the Q&A out during the week. Uh, loads of other stuff as well. We'll have the betting show, I'm sure, up Friday evening at some stage. We'll have another episode of the rewatch up. And uh, we'll probably have other stuff coming out during the week as well. Let the record show. Hopefully, if I get a chance to record it at some stage, that'll be out there as well. So there you go. Uh, Kevin Doherty. We have a football podcast coming as well. Maybe, yeah, indeed. Uh, is AJ McKee the most complete prospect to emerge in MMA since John Jones? What do you think, Graham? Uh, no, I don't think so. Who do you think is? Like, I think since John Jones, mm-hmm. mm, like probably a lot of guys. Like you know, even like people like Daniel Cormier coming through since John Jones. Yeah, mm, Cormier is a weird one though because when he came through, what he, you know, he was, I he was a prospect. And, yeah, he was a prospect, came in, destroyed everybody yeah, except John up. Jones. <laughs> I think Edge McGee has to be up there. Like, I think he definitely, I think he's a very good fighter. I know you're picking your boy to beat him, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he's really, really good. I, I Fabian Edwards as well would be one. Like you have like Volkanovski and like, yeah. you know, people like that as well. Like, you know, uh, Megamed Sharapov. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a good few of them. Yeah. Uh, Israel Adesanya, Jesus. Yeah, Adesanya, Adesanya. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a great time to be an MMA fan, though. Jeez, there's so many great fighters coming through. Henry Cejudo, like, it's unbelievable as well. Isn't it, like, we were talking about Jones and and, um, Demetrius Johnson being absolutely brilliant, the goats, they're coming through. But now we've other guys coming through, and it's so exciting, like Volkanovski and and AJ McKee, and, you know, even the Irish guys coming through, James Gallagher headlining cards, and other people, you know, Fabian, all these guys coming through, it's... It's an exciting time to be an MMA fan. I'm, I'm glad all these guys are coming through. Right. Uh, can you imagine any possible scenario where Chukagan beats Valentina? Maybe Valentina trips on an uneven section yeah, of the floor. Yeah. It's MMA. Anything can happen is the method of victory yeah. in my mind. That's, yeah, that probably is. But you know, but like you look at the Jessica Andrade Rose and Yunus fight and you get slammed in your head or something like that can there's something like that can happen like you know I, I, I was shocked Andrade won that fight so you know strange strange things like that have happened but it will be it will be up there as a one, one very big shock yeah um, one or two from Twitter here and we'll answer all the rest of them on the Q&A as well uh, P38 will we ever see TJ Dillashaw at the top again Watching, I don't think he's that long left. There's talks of him fighting. What is he? 33, 34? He's old enough as well. I think he's heading even older than that, maybe. I think. Mm. I think uh, the Uri Faber yeah. fight coming back would be a good fight for him. Just to get him kind of back. Into it. <sighs> Why do you dislike Faber so much? What, do I? I actually don't. I told him not to make that Peter Yan fight, so. I don't know. It's. 
I feel like that's a good fight coming back. Also, as well, let me mention here, um, they announced some of the fighters for Belfast coming up, so Joe McColgan and uh, Cage Warriors even. Joe McColgan and Ian Gary and all those lads, Decky McAleen and I think Reese McKee as well, they said, are all going to be on that. And uh, Jai Herbert signed... Ooh, what about that fight? Jai Herbert versus Mark Diacasey. What a fucking Jack fight Casey, that is. Yeah, Casey has been kind of putting it together like a lot. Like, it really kind of seemed to blend in his last couple of fights. We all know of his of his abilities like and you know his, if you're asking to do a technique like I think he can do he can pretty much do it but yeah. you need to put it together and I think he is putting it together now so this is a very difficult debut for Joy Herbert who, I, who I, we've talked about before I ranked very highly I said he was ready for the UFC but this is a fucking really difficult uh, UFC debut yeah unbelievable yeah that's the first thing I said uh, the Twitter group we have there and there's, uh, there's like five places left in that Twitter group so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash the podcast if you're in like the next five and send me your details I'll, I'll put you into it so yeah what we, yeah that i was saying it in there it's a, it's a very very tough fight and i suppose and a lot of people do that I remember siri took that brad pickett fight that's a tough debut to make as well but to get into the ufc maybe you need to take that and you know even if win or lose i suppose he'll be he'll be back again i think everyone thinks he'll have a good uh he'll have a good career there but like you know reese mckee has a win over jai herbert and and he's jared thereabouts as well to get into the ufc so i say one big win here in cage warriors coming up and you could see reese mckee being being in there next it'd be great to have an irish guy back in the ufc again you know mcgregor and joe duffy are the only ones there at the moment joe duffy hasn't fought in a long time so you know hopefully uh hopefully that can happen over over the next while um right i feel like i had something else there to say but i can't remember uh oh yeah let's finish it on this kind of a negative note did you see that poster that Yuani and Jacek put out of Wei- uh, Zhang Weili with like um, her in like a gas mask uh, alongside uh, Zhang like because of the whole coronavirus thing and all like how fucking stupid can you be like to put up something like that Christ yeah, I, I actually didn't see it I actually didn't see it I saw people talking about it and I, I had a quick look but I, for, I forgot to actually go yeah, back so and actually it, look at it was it. basically just a fight poster and uh, Zhang Weili was just there normally and Yuani and Jetik was wearing like a gas mask it's like like it's, it, mm. if you want to make a joke like that in WhatsApp or something, it's stupid. Fair enough, you're making it with your friends, whatever. You know, did we she all... retweet it or did she tweet it? No, she, she put it up like on her Instagram stories, like a laughing <sighs> face. God, like people don't need to. Well, well, what possible <laughs> benefit would you get? From, like, None. you just got to think about that before putting something out. Like, how would like how can this go wrong and how could this possibly benefit me? Like? Yeah, there's like thousands of people. <laughs> with this disease like hundred I don't know a lot hundred people it's declared died, like a worldwide emergency yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like people and I did this thing with the you know the, the Paddy Hoolan thing a couple of weeks ago myself and Phil talked about it as well like people need to be very careful what they're doing and posting like today you know you can talk about it in podcasts you can put context into it you can go out and explain you can apologise for your whatever you're doing and stuff but it's too late at that stage in today's world. And I know it's a changing world and people don't like it. And I don't like it. And other people don't like it. You can't make a joke. You can't say things like this. media. But you have to be careful. There's no avoiding it these days. And if you put out something like that, which is bad in any time. But if you put out something like that today, you're going to get fucking criticized for it. And going to get make yourself look like a, a fool. Like, And that was... God, that was so stupid. <laughs> I can't, like, I can't get over it. That was one of the most stupid things we've seen in a long time. Like, how... I don't know how anyone could think that's a good idea. But, anyway, there you go. Right. Any any, uh, any crack, any uh, things um, to, to, to do for a weekend, Graham? I don't know. What's Liverpool march on? Um, it's going to be boring now, isn't it? Like, if it won. Is it? So yeah, easily. you're bored of this, are you? I know, but it must be boring for you. Like, I know you... you know, uh, this is... Uh, uh, it's actually... It's... Honest, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it just, good, it's 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 Liverpool are just so good, and you know Liverpool in January. 
anywhere you have more points than Man United won the league with and they're their best ever side and most people most Man United uh, oh, found when, uh, when the league was competitive yeah, the league's very competitive except Liverpool are just way better than everybody else what? The if you look at the, how competitive the league is if you take Liverpool out it's unbelievably competitive yeah. it's competitive around you know the bottom three as well that doesn't mean the quality is good there's no the quality is the like you know. Top. Let's be honest, like you know, in in terms of advances and everything, like we we all talk about in MMA and other sports, like you, the best now is the best ever. Like, like Man City last year, year before, like you know, people are saying this is the best Premier League we've ever seen. It was pretty much consensus. No, Liverpool it was blowing them out of the water, like like you know, 198 points in two seasons is pretty phenomenal. Like, but if they put it together over five or six years, then you could call them better than like the Man United team. Nah, it's just, just clutching the straws now. Like, you know, it's it's, 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 it's we're talking about the best team, the best team ever. Team like, it's in the moment. Like, you know, it's it's <laughs> no, Man City were the best team now. Liverpool are European world champions on the way to you know winning the Premier League by a lot of points if if this continues no. so um, longevity means no go if you've won good game you're the best team of all time no it? yeah but like you know Man United might have had like you know for example 13 uh, years Barcelona Man United whatever win like for four or five leagues in a row mm-hmm. but maybe a, in the middle there one of the sides isn't isn't as good as the other sides like the other teams because players are in form or players are sold or injured or retiring or you know, it's, it's. I think in in this moment, like, if 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 Liverpool go on and you know get a hundred odd points, like well over hundred points, I, I think it's hard to say they're not the the best English football team ever. Uh, I think if they do it for three or four years in a row, then yeah, but one year. Is well, like if you got the Champions League final, then you win the Champions League, win the Super Cup, win the World Club Championship, and then if you do win the Premier League, and for example possibility of winning the Champions League this year again would that be enough for you or no. you, you still need more no, of course you need more Man United won the Champions League and what five leagues in like the seven years around it or whatever it was went on you know five years later after that they won the Champions League again you know and but they, 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 won, they won they won the league but they didn't win it the way the dominant fashion against like you know well, which, you is, say, which is actually you better think league, you think the league is weak do you, do you think like this, the, the, the sides the few years it really sides, has been like but do you think the sides that like you know that are in the Premier League now struggling would not be ninety eight, ninety nine teams but that's that not, finished like mid table. Like, it is. Who's the best? Like? No, the argument that's, is well. Okay, there's two arguments there. Who's the best? Fair enough. You can have that argument. Team, you were talking about yeah. competitiveness. The league. No, well, you were you were saying the league's not competitive, and I was just saying, do you not think it's competitive when you know these teams are? It's not competitive at every, the very top. If you take so Liverpool out no of the league, if you take if you ignore Liverpool, it's so competitive. Oh, but at the very top, it's not, is it? Because Liverpool, but like Arsenal, well, like, well, it is if you take out Liverpool. Yeah, but like Leicester and Man City are kind one, of neck and neck yeah, there. It is, yeah, 100%. You just have one super supreme team that are just, you know, knocking off. Yeah, but there's no one undefeated else. streaks. There's no one else near them to be com- competitive. Them like, is it harder for Liverpool to win this league, or is it harder for Man United to win by two points when Arsenal and Chelsea and fucking Leeds are? are or I think it's harder to, to go what to go like twenty or to go forty whatever games. Uh, unbeaten is it, to, is it harder to, to win a league to play in a league where like six teams are close to you and all little like, teams I think it's harder hard. to get 97 well, points 97 points last season than to win the league any of the seasons by another La- one is it harder to win a league when like you've the top four is very close and they're all very good and all similar teams and the bottom ones will absolutely break their necks to beat you or when P- the bottom teams roll over and let you beat them and the top four are shite 
Well, like I don't think that's the case. It is the like, case, of course. Man, United are rubbish, Norwich Chelsea are rubbish. You have Wolves, you have Wolves, Norwich beating Man City, one of the best teams we've ever seen. Man City have had their like, worst team in the uh, worst season in years. You know, Leicester are falling been, away the shit been now. Choked to death by Liverpool's like after really. six or seven games, Pep was like saying, "No, oh, there's nothing we can do." Like you know, Liverpool just keep winning. There's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, like take nothing away from Liverpool; they've been absolutely fantastic. But there's no doubt about it. Like we've never seen a, a season where a team just was able to roll over teams so easily before and that makes them but good but it also not, makes everyone not as like good. the amount of 2-0 win 2-1 wins like the amount of one goal wins or last minute winners at the first half of the season it hasn't been like there hasn't been that many easy matches like there was but like Leicester 4-0 there okay. was let me, let me ask you a couple of questions are Man City when when can you remember Man City being as bad as they are this year when was last time is this their worst season like the last five seasons well, in certain games, they've it been is. absolutely... Man like, United, you know, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Man, Man United. About or actual is this, is this the worst Man United have been in years this season? Yeah. Tottenham? Uh, yeah, this is, is this, the worst Man United Is this the worst been Tottenham in, have been in years? Yeah. No, is this the worst really. Arsenal have been in years? A lot of the time. Is this the worst Arsenal have been in years? Yeah. Is this the worst Chelsea have been in years? Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Like, all those big well, teams have never been as bad in years. Relatively to the top teams that have gone on beyond them. But if you look at... It's true Some though. Of these teams, you can't, like they, you can't they, deny that. Like you look, no, but if you look at relative, like relatively to Liverpool, yeah, mm. they're they're not. They're no, not but the it, relative to themselves, no, if leave Liverpool out of it. But relative to themselves, like Chelsea <laughs> had that one terrible year when Mourinho got sacked and all. But all of the other teams, it's been like by far their worst year in years. But, but, like. you, but you just assume because, <clears throat> because these teams have historically good names that they kind of, you know, there's other teams up there like oh, Leicester no. that have kind of been written off. Like I'm, I'm taking them on their merits. If, but Leicester, if that was Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal, or Man United in agree, Leicester's yeah. position, it would be a different narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Leicester have gone to shit in like the last five or six games. What they lost like eight or last ten games or something like that. So, yeah, well, they're, they're, I, think, I think though they're, they're, they still have like a similar, if not better, record than when they won the season, when they won the league that season. Yeah, well, Leicester have done very good in fairness, but everyone else has had their historically worst season in years, apart from you know one one exception maybe. Well, Man City, what All they the finished fourth under Guardiola the first season, did they? Yeah, but. Yeah, since then, like this They're gonna team, finish second this, is, this is this team's worst season ever, like in uh, three years. Yeah, but you know, it's true. That's not a long period of time. Like, uh, if, if say, let's say, I think uh, I've seen like I've seen like a lot of a lot of teams. Like if you look, if it, I know you don't you don't even rate Joe Gomez, but if I, Joe I, Gomez I is playing in another team. He's he's phenomenal. Like he really is. Like like I I think here here's and I I'm I'm not taking anything away from Liverpool. I just actually think it's the other teams making them not look as good as they probably should be. But like let's say next year Man City sign Koulibaly, uh and they sign you know someone really good centre back like. But someone who'll make them better. It doesn't matter whoever it is. Any any player team that our player that's going to make them better. Like let's say Man United make four or five signings, get Pochettino in, become a force. Chelsea get a few yeah. signings, and it's a really competitive league. And then Liverpool win it by four or five points. I actually think that'd be more impressive than what they're doing this season, to be honest. Because if they can keep that up, winning the second year in a row in a really competitive league, yeah. Well, it is. It is. It is like you know, it's harder to sustain success for longer periods because you know finances change or players leave or players get old or you know just a load of factors like you look at Man City like a little thing can can change a lot like you know what I mean uh, like I know they try to sell Leroy Sané but they really miss Leroy Sané like yeah. oh, 100%. that unpredictability Sané like you can pass it around all you want mm-hmm. you can pass it around all you want like um, if the other team's drawing or leading they're happy for that to happen against Man City but Sané offered that unpredictability of just 
unstoppable directness yeah. and pace and just flair. Just and I know they try to sell him and ho- like hopefully they still sell him because he's dangerous. Brilliant, yeah. Um, but him and company and you know and, uh, uh, what a five five month injury to one defender and mm-hmm. things can change quickly. Like so, it is it is very hard to s- sustain years and years of winning the title, especially when there's like you know teams behind you chasing you with 97 points and Champions League, winning the Champions League like it's True. It, it's it, but like I think Man City you know they just kind of they just went a bit off the rails where they, they were expecting kind of Liverpool to be kind of deflated from maybe last year and I think that was kind of what a lot of people thought would happen Yeah, because like got I 97 didn't... points and you didn't win the league like how like you know it's just not meant to be kind of people were kind of saying like oh that was their chance and wasn't their fault but they didn't they didn't win it and you know, mm-hmm. maybe Man City kind of thought it wouldn't it would never be that hard again and then it all started going wrong and Liverpool just kept winning and yeah it's like in fairness I think that you've hit the point there Liverpool's most impressive thing this year is like their mental strength and their ability to keep it up like they've been lucky with injuries and everything like that but their mental ability to like Fabinho's been out for a lot Alisson was injured um, Matt has been injured all season. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of injuries. Salah's playing with an injury. Mane's out now. There's like Shakiri's been out most of the season. I know he's an impact sub, but he's, yeah, he was but, a good impact sub uh, when we needed him in the 97 point season. Yeah, but so they haven't like, lost two players for the whole season, like Sane and company, like Man City have, and and uh, Laporte as well, like three players. That's absolutely fucking huge. Like, well, Laporte is Laporte is back already, isn't he? Yeah, but he hasn't played. Yeah, he's played like ten minutes. Or he something. has. Yeah, I think yeah, he has. Not, I think yeah, he started a couple of games. Okay, let's like, look a week ago. Like, I don't know. No, I know. Yeah, but like you know, Madoff's so. been out all season as well. I know Van Dijk is the main. Sure. Gomez the next coming of fucking Jesus Christ himself according to you yeah but he, you know Madop, when Gomez <laughs> got injured last season Madop stepped in won the yeah. Champions League didn't lose a ah, game look, like, Liverpool have a good team yeah, fair, like yeah I, I hate Liverpool but in fairness they're very very good in fairness so look what can you do and their manager is a, is a scholar and a gent <laughs> and he's trying to get rid of us of these stupid cups watch it before we go I know it'll probably won't you see, happen actually somebody got sent off um, who got sent off Matic and they miss a game in the Premier League now because they got sent off one of the cups it's so fucking stupid oh my god yeah. what do you think I know we'll, we'll leave that till the, for the other podcast we want because if we get into that it'll be fucking weak talking about it but uh, right let's let's end this because we literally went on like a 20 minute soccer podcast there at the end of the podcast sure people have been go. calling for it so yeah, there you go yeah, there you go you're welcome uh, <laughs> right. well, let's leave it there thanks everyone for listening sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast uh, severemeta.com follow Graham at severe MMA and follow me at Sean Sheehan bah, and tweet in your questions all week and for the Q&A as well I'll probably record it Sunday evening or something like that so if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday morning or whenever it comes out uh, send in your question out at severe MMA pod right thanks everyone for listening and all that's left to do is give you the inspirational quote of the week the truth will set you free, but first, it will piss you off. See you next Tuesday, or Friday or Saturday or Sunday.